What up all you dwarves, elves, and wizards? Welcome back to another episode of Sweet Sweet Fantasy. I'm Matt, this is Anne, and what are we talking about today? This week we're talking about HBO's Watchmen series. Should we talk about the fact that my hair makes me look like I'm in a fantasy series? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's worth a, mentioning. Yeah, I'd be like in like, I'd be on the sci-fi network. I think I'd be like a low level like evil wizard. That's the way I would cast myself, you know? Mm, I cast you as like a wizened knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a knight like Sir Galahad. The guy who like comes in with the gruff comments to like tell the young guy it's all going to be okay. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, yeah. Wow, you have a high opinion of me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's an opinion. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start actually this week just to mix things up. I really liked the show. One thing that was weird. Ooh, look at this light shining on me. I am a knight. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was, I thought it was really intense. Um, more yeah. so than, I don't know if it's because... Maybe I I think just it might be a personal thing just because I'm so I'm so kind of scared of like racial tension like I just want everyone to get along like so much you know what I mean mm-hmm. and every single time it gets brought up I just want to be like no it's okay we don't have to like fight you know it's like I don't know just because like in this country especially like we're so you know I mean slavery it's like five minutes it was like five minutes ago like roughly speaking yeah you know no it's really surprising to have a show that's like a co- based on a comic book or like the TV sequel to a comic book that is so heavy so fast. Because usually you expect this kind of fantastic setting to create a buffer between you and those issues. Like, you know, like you could view like the X-Men as a metaphor for racism, but it's like very metaphorical. Mm. So you're like, I'm going to take in these ideas and process them and then eventually I'm going to see what they're really trying to say. But in this show, there's no, there's like no buffer at all. Right, they, right off the bat. Yeah. That guy that's the white supremacist, right when he gets pulled over in the first episode, he's like listening to Future. He's like uh-huh. bopping along to it. Yeah. And then you find out that he's in the white supremacist group and everything. I was just, I was immediately just like, and then obviously the first scene where like there's a bunch of like KKK guys like shooting up all the black people in the Tulsa town. I was just like, oh no. I was like petrified. You know? it, yeah. It was, it was really intense. Yeah. And I think like. Yeah, I just didn't expect, I didn't expect it to be so literal. Mm. Because, like, usually, like, in a comic book or a comic book movie or something, they say, like, you can take this material very seriously, but, like, don't take it literally. Right. But, like, those riots in Tulsa really happened. And, like, the parts of the show that were set in the real world were, like, the ugliest or, like, some of the ugliest parts of our world. Right. And like you're just clinging to these little like pieces of absurdity and neon costume as like a life jacket while you're fully immersed in the brutality of the concepts. Right. Yeah. What what'd you think of the whole thing? I thought it was amazing. Um I just I was in my head I was I was in my own head a lot during the show. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not to say like it's a good thing or a bad thing, but there's so many really intense ideas and themes that they were dealing with that I think like I viewed the show and then I processed it a lot and I'm not sure like how much of the narrative of the story I really understood or cared about so much okay um but I thought it was like just just fearless like I can't believe HBO put this 
put this on the air. Well, they're kind of known for that. That's like HBO shtick. And then I think that's kind of amazing. They're mm-hmm. also like, you can tell that the way the show was released, like a week at a time, it wasn't made in that like binge format a la mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I think like the storytelling was a little bit stronger. Yeah, that's just another ideal that HBO goes for. They always yeah. release, they don't like binge it like that. No, they're pretty awesome. Oh, I love HBO. Yeah, thanks for the login, by the way. Anne gave me her login, and now like I just can't stop watching it's HBO my, shows. It's, it's my dad. Completely ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to talk about that's not super heavy, but you know, in Marvel comics, when they have that "enough said" underneath a picture. No, not even. Okay, so it's this thing. There, there, there'll be like a picture of Wolverine and like just his claws out, mm-hmm. and then on. The, Below it, it says, Nuff said. And they use that throughout, like, I don't know, decades and decades, and all different books use that. But it's kind of like, we're going to show you an image, and you're going to immediately know that it means, like, something awesome is going to happen, that this person is, like, strong, heroic, and we don't have to explain anything. It's, like, just a picture, and then it says, Nuff said. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, like, The Watchmen is a DC comic. I'll mm. say that. I know that. It's not Marvel. But I did feel like they they played off of that Nuff said idea a lot. With imagery? Yeah. But they totally, it wasn't traditionally what you would think to see. Like, the poster is, like, it's a black woman, and she just looks, like, cool as fuck. And you can, you're like, that's strong. That's heroic. I want to know more about that story. Mm-hmm. And they just put that on the poster, like nothing else. There's like no other men in it. There's like she's not doing anything. She's just looking at you. Mm. And I was like, enough said. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. I'm on board. Uh huh. Um, and like throughout the show, I kept having like kind of those moments where they just like introducing, I mean, introducing her the way they introduce Lori's character, um, where she just like steps out of a car and like immediately starts like taking charge of the situation oh she was so great the, the characters in general were so strong they really were i loved laurie i loved them all they were all really cool i loved the guy i don't even know what his name was a looking glass oh yeah i was in i loved that character so much yeah and how his like how he evolves in terms of realizing that basically his whole identity has been a sham because when he figures out you know that uh Ozymandias or whatever like manufacture that squid you know Mm -hmm. and he's like such a sharp guy he's always like ahead of the curve and for him to realize that he's been just like barking up this bullshit tree his whole life was like really really cool yeah and you realized how how like how momentous that realization must have been Mm -hmm. because yeah his whole thing is seeing the truth yeah exactly and he missed this one big one Uh uh-huh that was really cool I thought that was one of my favorite things in the show he was kind of a cool like Rorschach follow-up character because mm. he had that like very and a very damaged hero but he's still trying to he still wants to save the world even though he should really probably focus on himself mm-hmm. <laughs> saving himself yeah. but yeah he was he was interesting and the fact that they like gave him a backstory instead of just being because he's kind of an archetypal character mm-hmm. you know the like just rolls with anything very like i don't know smooth detective but mm-hmm. then they gave him this backstory and it's like oh my gosh he's actually he's like so fucked up he's struggling so much yeah definitely i, I mean 
The whole thing was really good. One thing I thought that really benefited the program was that as a viewer, at least me, I did not read the comic book. Well, actually, to be more honest, I did read it when I was younger and I completely forget about it. It was such a long time ago. But to not exactly know what type of story it is really helped out the plot because when you look at it from a bird's eye view after having seen it, it is kind of a very typical plot. It's like, here we are in a small town. You find out there's some big conspiracy happening. The people mm. at the top are running everything. That happens in every single story ever. But since you didn't really know that it was that type of story, like all those surprises came as like actual surprises, you know? Cause you didn't know what, at least I couldn't put my finger on like what genre this is. Like it's clearly not like Iron Man and it's not yeah. Smallville. And it's like, I just don't know what it is. It's making all these like politically charged episodes, but then it was able to follow this kind of like almost predictable plot line. But since you didn't have any idea what you were watching, it all came as a surprise. Like everything that's like prototypical surprised me. Like, okay, the guy running for governor is also the criminal underboss. Um, yeah. There's a billionaire overseeing the town and pulling all the strings. That shit is so typical. But it's, you just don't yeah. you just don't see it coming. You know? I was thinking about how like how would you give a how would you give a recap of the series if somebody was like, Oh, I haven't heard anything about it. What what's the watchman? I would be like, um like I don't know what I would say. I would <laughs> I mean, I would say I would honestly say this now that I'm thinking about it. It's a super typical graphic novel. The the T V series was. Yeah. Super typical. Like that's like the plot of every graphic novel I just laid it out for you. You know, it's a small town. There's a billionaire pulling the strings. The guy that's on top of the political power is actually the secret underboss that's eating babies or whatever he's doing. He pulls off his mask like a Scooby-Doo villain. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's someone that we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the plot, it was, it was very tight like that. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't feel while I was watching it like it was formulaic or predictable at That's all. what I mean. Like every every single one of those really standard plot points, if you're into graphic novels, surprised you in this series, which was interesting. Yeah, no, because I, I, I wasn't watching for that at all. It was just and they really knew like... that they knew that you were you were taken away by kind of like they knew that they were surprising you at every turn, and they did they did a good job with that. Mm -hmm. So the show is run by the guy who did Lost, and I know you really liked that show. Really? Yeah. J.J. Abrams did this? No, Damon Lindhoff. Oh. Um, he was like the co-creator of Lost. Interesting. Yeah. Did you feel like it was similar? I haven't seen, I didn't watch Lost. I only didn't feel like it was similar. Well, Lost is tough because the ending just like fell apart so hard. And this one, the ending, I felt like it was a lot more planned than Lost. Um, it came together way more than I expected it to. That's what I mean. Like they had this a lot more planned out than they had Lost planned out. It was only similar to Lost in that... There are some big mysteries and that you want to kind of get to the bottom of as you're watching it. Hmm. But yeah, there was just every turn was cool. Like, and it, um, it's that thing we always talk about that certain good stories have, like where it's it mimics real life in a little bit. Like you'll have these weird turns that you don't expect. Like, like what stuck out to me once, for example, is like when Laurie sleeps with uh, Pete or whatever. <laughs> like you just didn't expect that. At least I didn't. I kind of, when she's like picking out who she wants to go with and she picks like the youngest guy in the room. Oh, you were already like, thinking it? Yeah, I was like, Lori, you dog. <laughs> well, there's that women's perspective for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I did not expect that. I was like, whoa. 
No, I thought she was picking him because she did, like she wanted to go by herself. So she's like, let me pick some like young pushover that I can like mess around with on my trip. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. el- what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, like she she was so like she was so Lori cool. Was the best. And it was interesting to me because this is a TV show and I was thinking like if I read the script, if I read what she was saying, in my mind, I would have a totally different picture of how it was being delivered and how people were reacting to her. And it almost like made me realize my own biases against like strong female characters. I'm using quotes because mm. like she's a total boss. She's not trying to please anybody. But Lori is an unrealistic character. That's one of those things that you find in a lot of shows. And it's great because we're trying to be entertained here. But nobody's that cool. Like, no, I mean, the no. writing of Lori was just like this mythic like. It's hard to com- to compare it to anything. Like just it almost compares to like some type of like hero that would be on like a seventies TV show. Like he beats up all the bad guys and says like no, a, it's like a cool um, catchphrase and then walks away. You know what I mean? Because nobody's that intelligent with it, calm all the time. There's like, dudes Laurie. who are portrayed like that all the time. Like it's like the Sin City, oh, yeah, the Sin City detective where they've like they've been around the block. Like she's been through shit. Oh, like, I don't mean to, for it to be a dude or women thing. Yeah, no, I mean I'm just looking for any example of like it could be a dude. But that, I'm saying it's like it is prototypical in that it's this character that nobody would ever be that cool in real life. Yeah. yeah, she happens to be a woman and maybe it's usually a dude. Who knows? But like it is. It's all it's always a dude. And like I was just like, oh, I see what you mean. So maybe that was like the twist of her. Like they were like, let's let's have it be a woman instead of a dude. This person that's always on top of it and kind of jaded and like always three steps ahead of everybody. Yeah, I see what you mean. But it, I also thought it was cool that like she she had to earn her backstory. Like she was one of the characters that was in the comic book. Right. Like she, like some, I think if it were a male character, like he could just walk into the room and like, you would be like, Oh, he's in, he knows what he's doing. Cause he's like an older professional in his career. Mm. And like with Lori, they like, they like gave her a backstory that made sense. You're like, I get why the governor would pick her before you know like about his reasonings. But like, you're like, I get why he would pick her because she's been around the block with this stuff. Like there's nothing about vigilanteism that she doesn't know. Um, Right. But you don't think she's reminiscent of certain other like female detectives that we've seen, like Scully, um, you know, the girl in Silence of the Lambs, just these like smart people that are like, you know, they happen to be female. I was thinking about, I was actually thinking about Clarice Starling, but the difference with Lori is the way that people, and this is what, this was my original point, like reading her words, I would have imagined them being less, I would have imagined them being like humorless and I would have imagined people kind of giving her the side eye and like talking behind her back. And there's no implication that that, is happening in the show mm-hmm. it's just like she's she gets shit because she's a boss coming in and taking over for a beloved boss mm-hmm. but no one in the show even implies that like how did a woman raise to this level of her job oh right yeah. and like i think that with every other like yeah with with scully and clary starling there's still like they they confront sexism and the fantasy there is like they confront misogyny, they confront the patriarchy and they win. And in this show, they're like, we're going to do a fantasy that like the patriarchy doesn't exist. Mm. 
And I think that's kind of interesting because it's almost like we've retconned history to the point where the patriarchy doesn't exist, but extreme racism still does. Mm. Yeah, they definitely, I guess you're right. They didn't really treat the patriarchy as an issue at all. That's no, true. like also with, um, like with, with Sister Knight, like no one's like, and I'm just used to seeing that. And that's like, that's my own, that's I see like what you mean. my own baggage coming in. She was just a, in. just a superhero, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, even like we were just, we talked a little bit about the Witcher TV show, but the first time like he sees Yennefer, it's like, I didn't expect for you to be a, right, right. <laughs> and it's like, I'm so sick of that scene, but you yeah. expect it. And the show didn't, didn't have it. And it was kind of like. One thing it was know. definitely shooting cool. for, for sure, was to not be outdated. That's for sure. That mm. was definitely a conscious effort by everyone who I think took part in the creation of The Watchmen. They're like, let's make sure to not be outdated at all in any way. Yeah. You they know? did. They threw out they threw in every, every formula, kind of. They threw out every formula. And they also made sure to, like, represent, like, almost, like, everything. Like, having... Let's see. Like having like the, you know, gay sex that happens in between the um, that dude and that dude. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And without even mentioning it, like it's no big deal. Like they don't even go into like that guy's like sexuality at all. They're just like, oh, by the way, he also boned dudes. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like they made very sure to like have all these things that maybe you wouldn't be able to like put into a piece when the original comic book came out. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. I thought it was strange that like the one queer relationship had uh, like a predatory man, like he was kind of predatory and exploitive. But in the same mm. way, they're like in the same way that they didn't treat the patriarchy as if it existed. They didn't treat that as if it was like weird at all. And it was just like yeah. this in passing thing. That was like, all right, whatever. Anyway, nobody even mentions it. When he's like, they can't know your you secret. Would. Yeah, it wasn't that he was gay. Right. It was that he was black. Right, right. So that's kind of interesting because that makes me think about that makes me think back to comic books. And one of the things is like, you can set it in this world where you cherry pick which demons you want to confront. Right. And that this show did that. Right. It was definitely mostly at least the racism thing was mostly the thing that I thought it was hammering on. You know, yeah, it was, and it was the like the critique of liberal politics as well was super unexpected and an interesting. I like need to process that a little bit more because I'm wondering. How do you think it was a critique of liberal politics? Well, like the extreme in the first scene, like the extreme gun control means like he can't the officer can't draw his weapon and then oh, he gets shot oh that's cool i like that yeah um, i didn't even think of that and like they refer to tobacco as a controlled substance mm-hmm. so like i it was imp- it was implied to me that president robert redford was kind of funny like president oh, yeah, president that was robert funny. redford has enacted all of these policies with the intention of keeping people safe like more rules to uh, protect people uh. and it showed examples of them backfiring interesting there was definitely another thing about being like um, what uh, on the tip of like kind of everything going on right now that I thought they were trying to do is the um, you could say that the billionaire was kind of a critique of like technology just getting like completely out of hand or our whole f- our future being placed in the hands of billionaires rather than a rather than an elected body. Mm. Like I feel like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos could change the world more than our government could 
Oh, right. And I think, like, Mark Zuckerberg is pushing, he's testing the boundaries for that mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I, what I meant to say is that it's just, like, current, you know? It's very, yeah. like, oh, uh-huh. Like, here's these people yeah. that do kind of pull the strings and, like, kind of, like, do kind of overlord over our lives in a way when you think about it. Like, I mean, they got us down to a T, you know? They Yeah, they can do whatever they want. Well, they just it's just such a big part of our lives. Like, we all go on our phones. We all use Google. Like, like imagine some other company, like, having that sway over us. Like, imagine, like, I don't even know, a grass um, fertilizer company that just has like like everyone always wants to like stick their head into the fertilizer and like that's our lives like that's tech companies though you know what i mean that's really funny yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she was a she was a pharmaceutical like um ceo well she was all tech. Show. Yeah, all tech yeah 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 she was because she was like i started off in like biotech and oh like, yeah yeah and then she bought up a million tech companies and then she just owned the world she was a she was a cool character she was very cool i couldn't get from like the first scene with her i couldn't get a read on like are they trying to imply she's bad are they trying to imply she's good and that's how they exactly how they wanted her to be because i felt like you didn't know yeah in the end it was like i could come down on either side oh really she did Mm. how did you feel did you feel like she was a supervillain it's not that she was a supervillain but she just wanted like power so badly i mean she wanted she had a god complex that's how i read it yeah. Because, like, you know, she obviously wants to become, you know, basically omnipotent by turning herself into Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But even so, like, to, like, raise your own mother in front of you just to, like, have her around, that's, like, God complex type stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, that was so weird. But cool. Yeah. It was, it was like, just a very a, cool twist. It was very sci-fi-y. Yeah. You know? The, um, it, one thing I thought was kind of, interesting was how it was hard to tell what year the show was set in and maybe they like flashed on the screen at the beginning and i just missed it but like based on the super technology but then kind of like based on it being because in the end he says the tulsa riots which happened in 1921 were 100 years ago so it was meant to be set in our present day right but Mm -hmm. in a diff but like different technologies were were very different like the car oh, she yeah. drives is kind of an 80s style, like what a cop in an 80s show would drive. That's actually a good point. That and was, they don't have cell phones out. They like use pagers. Right. No, that's actually a really, really cool point, actually, is the setting was incredible because it was modern day and with like slight twists. Like, but they weren't like all that far fetched. Like the fact that like all cops wore masks because they don't want the bad guys knowing who they are. Like that's mm. not the farthest fetched thing ever. You know what I mean? It's not. And it's kind of, it's right now, transparency in policing is a huge issue. It's almost like it could be. Maybe that's what they're going for. Like, this could very well be our reality, you know? Not only that, but I believe that a lot of the technologies, not a lot of them, but I'm sure, like, I'm sure we as the public aren't privy to the technologies that currently exist in the world in terms of, like, the highest levels of, like, government and even, like, private corporations. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. They're cloning puppies and putting them in incinerators somewhere. Something. They might be. <laughs> no, actually, you can get your dog cloned if you wanted to. Can you? Yeah. I read Barbara Streisand did. <laughs> so anyone can. Streisand. <laughs> Super villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so there was... The setting was really cool. I think it's just in Oklahoma the police wear masks. 
What do you mean? In the show? I think in the show. I think that governor of Oklahoma allowed them to put masks on. Oh, yeah. Because that was my that's what I assumed, because Lori was like, we're going to Oklahoma where they wear like they wear stupid masks. So I was thinking like, that's why if like Robert Redford is the president and he's supposed to be an exaggeration of liberal values, then I think like putting police in masks and taking away transparency would be an extreme conservative value. You think Robert Redford's supposed to be like, is he like a liberal guy? I don't know what he is in real life, but I thought in the show he was supposed to be like, yeah, oh. I thought he was supposed to be like a liberal extremist serving three terms and oh. there's like gun control and taking everyone's cigarettes away and stuff. Oh, uh-huh. Hmm. Um, and then, but then it was funny to see like Senator Keene in his Southern accent, like talking about taking down white supremacy. And I thought that was just a twist of the show. And then I realized, oh, you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be suspicious of that. Uh-huh. Because not to say everyone who speaks with a southern accent. <laughs> not That's going, what you're saying. No, not, not what I'm saying. Not going there. <laughs> but in the show, I was like, oh, okay, this is, a, this is another thing they're just going to turn on its head. Uh-huh. And then it was like, oh, no, I should have been suspicious of him. Do you think that they're going to have another season? I do think so. And I, I mean, I don't think they need to. Like, I want to know what... I want to know what Angela does with her God powers. You don't even know she has God powers. Uh, yeah, I guess you don't. I. They leave it open. I think she does. I don't. I don't think they're gonna do another season. I almost hope they don't, cause it was such a good season one. It was such a good see, season like, one. I don't see like I don't see like where you go from here, like, you know. I. It's almost like you would repeat. I think, like you would have to sort of repeat Doctor Manhattan's thing where she's going to try her best to use her powers for good and then it's going to come around that no one person should have that much power because power corrupts Hmm. now that you said that that guy was involved with lost one parallel i can draw is that they throw a bunch of mysteries out there to keep you hooked example is the mystery of things coming down and taking cars away Oh, yeah. Like, that's very lost. The giant magnet. You're just mm-hmm. like, you're like, because you as the viewer, you think it's Dr. Manhattan. Like, that's what's implied. Yeah. You think Dr. Manhattan's up on Mars, like, kind of messing with, like, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you know? And that was really cool. And unlike Lost, where they had a million mysteries like that, but they never addressed the answers to any of them, mm-hmm. you know? Obviously, we find out that it's the billionaire that's, like, doing whatever she's doing. I bet he was super conscious of tying things up well since last because i didn't like the show didn't need to end as neatly as it did right but it did like that last episode was like oh my god like it was explosive none none of the mysteries in the show hung for so long Mm -hmm. really except like like you find out that will is angela's great like you see who he is within a couple episodes and you could probably guess Mm -hmm. i don't know i didn't guess but when they revealed it i was like oh yeah that makes sense um, right. But it did seem like the mysteries weren't hanging for too long and they all wrapped up. And I wonder if he was like, I can't have another, I can't have the message boards angry with me for yeah. another 10 years. Yeah. He just keeps doing the same <laughs> thing every TV show, I guess. Yeah, they're like, damn it, Lindelof, you did it again. What'd you think of the character of Ozmandy's? Like, did you think he was good? Did you think he was bad? Did you think he deserved to get hit by a head? Like, hit, hit, hit with a wrench and getting taken in to uh, stand trial? Like, yes. Yeah. I think he's 
I think he's. You think awful. he's like evil? I, but he doesn't realize that he's evil. He's not trying to be evil. He just thinks that he's smarter than everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was another example of like nobody should have absolute power because nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he he thought he wanted to be like the master and he wanted to be like the god playing with people. He wasn't like I'm doing this because. Well, he admits to that too. It takes one yeah. to know one at the end. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought he was I thought he was really bad. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed when Looking Glass like bombed him on the head right at the end of the show. It was really satisfying. And then he they did and, a good job of that. He and Lori drag him to Owl's ship. Uh-huh. That was really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the scenes with him, I was reading like some people didn't like those and thought they were kind of like dilatory. Um, but I just I loved them. I thought the ones was, with him in his own little prison when yeah, he's like doing yeah. all his weird stuff. I thought it was a nice, it was like a nice break, and I see why they did that. Yeah, I also think he's just a really big character in the universe, so you have to like have him involved in like some capacity. Because if you're doing a, because I do remember him being a big character in like the Watchmen comic book. Yeah. You know, so it's like you can't have like whatever a Tom and Jerry show without Tom in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna and- you're gonna have to show what Tom's up to, even if it's like we're on Jerry now. You know. <laughs> And he was kind of sidelined for the whole show. Like I didn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't afraid of him or really wondering what he was doing. I was just kind of like, oh, I wonder what he's up to in his weird little English manner. Uh, yeah. I never got the sense that he, I thought Lady yeah, right, True. They did tie everything together. That is cool. Cause they had all these mysteries and they did all come together. At yeah. least they, 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 they followed a literal story arc, which I didn't all the way expect when I was halfway through the show. Yeah. I was like, this is all going to fade to nonsense. Like, that's what I was thinking. And I wouldn't, and I would have, I like kind of would have been okay with that because I feel like that's the trend in storytelling. It's like, especially these kind of, like, do you watch the show Legion? Mm -mm. I don't, I feel like things based on comic books, it's like the creators think, like, okay, we can just like throw shit on the wall. And if we like it, it sticks. If not, we'd ignore it. Mm. And because they're like, well, people like comic books, they like using their imaginations, right? Or like, but I thought this was a really satisfying way of like people who like comic books pay attention to everything mm-hmm. and they're going to be like dissecting this episode the next day. So like each episode was just packed with like messaging through the music, through the colors that they used. I mean, like everything was intentional and I wasn't even paying attention. Like I wasn't paying attention to stuff until it became important. Mm. Like you like why do why are all of Veet's servants? Oh, I've got those a question. Two people. I've what? got a question. What about that guy that was dressed all in silver, slicked oil into himself, and slicked under the thing? Oh, my God. Do they ever address that? I don't think so. They don't. See, that's a mystery. See, that's Lost style. That is Lost style. I thought it was Pete just because of, like, the shape of his body. Oh. And because it was kind of, like, stupid. That was, like, so weird. Yeah. and That's what I mean. He's obsessed with, um, like, he's obsessed with costume heroes. Maybe it was Pete. So I thought it was Pete. Maybe that'll be revealed season two. That's a decent prediction. But, but yeah, it looks, that was so silly and so awesome. It was so silly and awesome. That's what this show is sound like. It sounds super serious, and it is super serious. But it's not not entertaining. It's not like oh, it was so entertaining. There there are scenes that are really hard to watch. I mean, you're like you're inside somebody's hood as they're being lynched. Like it's, it, there's no holds barred. That's what I mean. Intense. When, yeah. When it comes to confronting very serious, um, topics, oh. but there's also like, there's like high humor. There's a lot of big, big characters. 
Oh, mm-hmm. Don Johnson in the pilot, and then they kill him right off. That was cool. I, like, and you think like, oh, he's he's in the show. It's gonna be a big deal. It's almost like when Ned Stark, like when they just killed Ned Stark out of classic nowhere. Classic HBO move. <laughs> They're like, people like this. We're gonna kill Don Johnson in this one. Yeah. Um, I think that was Don Johnson, right? And then I don't know, last thing before guy. we sign off here that I thought was cool about it was a scene that I don't think I've ever really seen before where when Lori was like kind of like revealing to the wife of Don Johnson that she was kind of onto her and the wife immediately just confesses. Oh yeah. But yeah. she's like, yeah, so that's why you wanted to, uh, and the wife is, says something like, yeah, kill him. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to kill him all, but you know, that was cool. That was cool. Cause you don't really see that usually, you know, they usually no. draw that out more. It was just like, it was just different. Or she could have just pretend, or she could have played like, well, I don't know what my husband was doing. Right. And Larry would have had to be like, I think she knows something, but I have to leave. But instead, she's that like, that would have been nah. standard. Yeah. And yeah. then it just, uh, every scene, like, uh, just the women in this show, it's like women of different ages and different races talking to each other about super important things. Mm. It was like, I don't know. I think it's groundbreaking. And I hope, like, it was almost distracting for me because I'm like, something big is happening. So, like, maybe in a few years, an HBO can just keep doing it and then it'll just be normal. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right. But yeah, that is our time. We are going to do Nightwatch next. Back to novels. It's called Nightwatch. It is a Russian novel by... Uh, Sergei Lukyanenko. Um, it's a series. I'm so excited about this because I've lent this book out to friends probably like six or seven times. I paid a lot of money for this book over the years. Because it's one of my favorites, and you finally read it. Yes. So now I have someone to talk about it with. I'm excited about it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>